The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, October 25th, and we are doing the Monday Night Football Betting Preview Show. YouTube.com slash pick six. Like, subscribe, hit the alert button when we go live or when there's a new video posted, you will get an alert. It's actually kind of fun to get, you know, like, yeah, I'm, yeah do enough stuff on the internet. You see your name everywhere, but I'd, I'd never seen an alert for my own YouTube page. Um, so that was kind of cool. Uh, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, leave your favorite Monday night football bet in the comments or just note, who do you, who do you think is going to win Gino or Jameis? What a matchup we have on this Monday night. Joining me to break it down. Tyler Sullivan. Sully, what's up, buddy? What's up, Will? I know it's a beautiful quarterback matchup that we have for us tonight. And, uh, and, and what is going to be a crazy weather game too. Bomb cyclone, right? I <laughs> love it. I love it. It's uh, were were you alive when bomb was a, a thing that like young like you the youth would say? I think uh, it made me back a little bit now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I use it. Like yeah, that was I, I, right. But there was a point in time in my life when it was an unironic, you know, like, like oh that's the bomb. Like people were actually saying. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I've ever I've ever used it yeah. so much like that. Um, right. It but, became so stupid that now it's like now it's like that's kind of the bomb. Like you know. It's but, like, but you have to understand too. I come from the land of where everybody just says, "Oh, that's wicked awesome." So like yeah, that's, that, that's true. So that's you know, true. anything sounds better than that. I, I do love. Um, there's just certain words like when you hear somebody from Boston say, where it's like, it's it's just it's just enjoyable. Just, uh, it takes you to the end of the bar usually. That's, that's what it sounds like. That's right. Uh, Pick six. Pick six podcast shows again. YouTube live Sunday, Monday, and Thursday nights after the game. We'll go up. If the game is close, we may even go up during the game. So feel free to jump in and join us, uh, including after this game. So if you're, if it's a crazy ending to this game, we'll be live. We watched the final five minutes, I think, uh, or maybe three and a half minutes of uh, Colts 49ers. Unfortunately, it took a, a turn for the boring there. Excuse me. Thursday, 1 p.m., our pick show will be live as well. We've convinced Pete Prisco to uh, not screw up technology so you can come and make fun of my miserable picks. And starting this week, pretty exciting, exclusive to YouTube, 1 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, Ryan Wilson will be hosting a weekly mock draft show. I will Ooh. not be there. Wow, Wilson taking the steering wheel. Well, by like well Debo, he's like, by the way, uh, we have to announce to, uh, we have a new show. I was like, what? Why do we have another show? And he was like, Wilson's doing it. I don't think I'm there. We'll see. Um, all right, let's get to this game. Because, boy, it is something. The The weather, as you point out, I, I mean, I believe the bomb cyclone is in effect, right? Yeah, I think I think it's going to be less rain than it was last night for Sunday Night Football, but more intense winds, So, which I probably think that means a little bit more for actual for football. You know what I mean? Rain, it happens, but wind is – that can impact the kicking game. That can impact a lot of things. Yeah, uh, it, it looks like a cursory Google search of the weather. 
and you know these things are pretty fluid. We saw oh, it's yeah. in, in forty. By the way, 49ers and Colts, I do think is a interesting comparison for this game. You know, you have uh, anyway. We'll get we'll get to that in a second, but similar wind. It looks like it's going to die down a little bit as the, as the evening progresses on, but we're in the ten to fifteen to twenty mile an hour range. Um, you know, fifteen is kind of considered the will affect a lot of things uh, situation. The rain appears to just be pretty steady throughout the night. You know, it's this is going to look like a Seattle game. The overhit on uh, on Sunday night, I, a friend, a buddy of mine uh, was texting our thread. He was like, "How? Do, why am I not hammering this live under as, you know, everybody's fumbling, you know, dealing with ball security and all that. And I, I mean, not, you know, I, ca- I cautioned it. I said, look, man, you know, I wouldn't blame you for it, but it's possible that these this these really wet conditions, this tons of rain causes uh, you know, short fields, which could result in scores. So, you know, before you go slamming the under just because it's bad weather, remember that there there is the possibility of of uh, yeah. Go ahead. And, I'll, and I'll point this out with Seattle specifically. I believe that they're one of the only few teams in the league that still uses field turf. So it's not like they're running around in grass, and it's 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 a little bit different. The the field conditions you shouldn't be all too worried about too much in terms of the rain and all of that. It's for me, it's really the wind and how that can impact the kicking game and obviously the passing game. Well, but what they kept showing on Sunday night, like it, it wasn't just rain. I mean, they kept showing these guys drying off these balls. You can't get this guy an umbrella or a tent to like keep the balls under. I mean, Where, where's Rodney Harrison's umbrella holder when we need him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, bring Rod, bring Tariq out there with this four billion <laughs> like uh, uh, inch diameter uh, umbrella. Let him hold it over. The, I don't know. Get those balls under cover. Put them in a put them in a waterproof bag or something. What are we doing here? Um, so I mean, but you know, it was very clear. Jimmy Garoppolo and Carson Wentz, all the receivers, all the running backs were struggling uh, with ball security now we'll see we'll see how this all plays out in terms of um you know in terms of in terms of what in terms of what will like i I don't think it's i don't think it's necessarily fair or safe to say it will be exactly the same as sunday night but i think it will be similar yeah it's one of those where you kind of have to get a read on it once the game starts and you know if if the ball's flying out and if guys are having trouble uh you know i thought we saw in the run game in particular you know Neither, not that not the Colts or the 49ers are necessarily good de- defenses, but it felt like the advantage in those conditions on Sunday night were to the running backs because of their, they're going downhill, you know, and you have defenders who are on your heels trying to cut and you just don't, you're being a little more cautious, maybe, um, you know, you just can't move as quickly because of the weather, because everything's soggy. And that's something to watch for in this game. The Saints are minus four on the road, which is, you know, that's something, Jameis Winston. Uh, and uh, the over under 42 and a half with all the weather. And uh, I should point out injuries. Deontay Harris out for this game. How about oh, the Seahawks? Uh, we have Rashad Penny is going to be back for this game, I believe. Alex Collins is questionable, was limited practice on Saturday. I, I would expect he's good to go. Um, DK Metcalf. Did not carry a designation, but was limited in practice on Saturday as well. Um, we could see Sidney Jones was back with a full practice. Daryl Taylor, defensive end for the Seahawks, a questionable after that nasty injury last week. 
also out. So I said Deontay Harris out for the for the Saints. Dwayne Washington out. Taysom Hill out. And that that'll matter more for for DFS. I would imagine we'll get to that. By the way, we're gonna do gambling stuff here. Uh, if you watch, if you want DFS talk, it'll be on. It's a YouTube exclusive. Eric McCoy was limited all week, but is not did not carry a designation. That's kind of huge. He's a yeah. he's a big factor for their offense. And same with Teron Armstead, Marshawn Latimer back to full practice. Obviously, a, a big factor in terms of whether he would shadow a DK or or whether you know or whether he'll just sit on one side. Um, what uh, what do you think about this game and this line and this uh, this total? So, and one more thing, we I don't think we're one hundred percent sure yet. Traquan Smith could yes. be available in this game as well, which is just another pass catching weapon for Jameis. That that's a great point and. To the Traquan Smith thing, who was what game am I? Um, uh, maybe it was Thursday night or Sunday night. There was somebody who was activated off IR because Traquan Smith is currently on IR. Yeah. So he that's why he would not carry a designation. In fact, Rashad Penny is still it's on same, IR. It's the same situation yeah. for both of them. They have until 4 30 p.m. to act the, the Saints and Seahawks have until 4 30 p.m. Monday to activate these players. And you know, it could be happening as early as uh right now. I'm trying to make sure it's not happening while uh, while we're recording this, but if those guys are activated off IR, they can then be used in this game, which again, to DFS perspective, that may be more important from just from that angle, because they, if you're building a lineup during the day, they have an IR next to their name. People don't like to click guys with IR next to their name. So that's something certainly to watch for the, the Seahawks run game. If, if Penny couldn't go and, and Collins was somehow ruled out, what a friggin' mess that would be. Uh, yeah. So anyway, to, to to the game, to the spread, to the total, what do you think? So to me, I, I think we disagree on this one, which I think is one of the first times that we disagree. I'm liking the Saints, and I'm, I'm laying the points with them again. I, I just you're don't... Saints in the over, and I'm Seahawks in the under? Is that what... Well, the... no, I'm I'm Saints in the under. So, yeah. so I, we, I think we agree on the under there. But um, for me, with just picking New Orleans, you look at their defense, it is getting better. It's seemingly week by week. They're number, I believe, two in the NFL. I have it actually right here. Number two in the NFL in DVOA against the run. Number three in the NFL in DVOA overall. They're going up against a backup quarterback in Geno Smith, who had, I believe it was 4.8 yards per attempt last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was efficient, completed over 70% of his passes. But again, it's not Russell Wilson. It's not this type of offense that you know we've grown accustomed to when it's DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. It, it, it's it's almost un, it's almost unfair to look at the you. I mean, it's not unfair. You just can't look at the Saints' offense yeah. and say, "Oh, here's where they rank on the season." Because right, I mean, the right, Seahawks, right, right. Me, the Seahawks, yeah. They have Geno Smith instead of Russell Wilson now, right? And, and, and so I just think that that limits their ceiling of what they can be offensively. Obviously, because Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So to me, I'm more than happy laying uh, four points here against the, against the Seahawks. Where you know I don't know what this weather is going to be like. I don't know what their backfield is going to particularly be looking like. And DK Metcalf was too, uh, banged up in the middle of the week. To me, I, I think that they clear this by a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, look, the Seahawks are 22nd in. Defensive DVOA. They're not a good defense. It, I they played well last week. That's the only, you know, that's the thing if we're, if we're talking about yeah. the under. They played well against Pittsburgh last week. And you know, maybe that says more about Pittsburgh, or maybe they they kind of unlock something going forward. So to me, if if that's the Seattle defense that we're going to get, or at least something close to it, and you're matching that with what New Orleans is bringing to you on the defensive side of the ball and weather. You got to look at this under and be like, okay, it's not going to be like Sunday Night Football where we're all expecting it and then they blow doors. It's this is a little bit different. Yeah, and you're also going to have two teams and two offenses. I think that with the weather and with the quarterbacks in question, will probably be a, as about as conservative as you can get. 
in in terms of this matchup. I would I would especially I would probably like the and let's see what it is on Caesars, but the first half under 20 and a half is very that's a low number. Yeah, you know, three cool. touchdowns and you're and you're banged and you know we could get a you know we could get a a Jameis uh, up top shot to somebody in this game certainly. Marquez Callaway is a dangerous vertical threat. He's been developing into a little, you know, that that preseason rapport starting to shine through a little bit more for for those two guys. You could have a fumble to the house, a pick six for Jameis. You know, yeah. Gino does a stupid somersault, ball flies out, Saints scoop score. I mean, there, there's a lot of ways you can get to that. You would obviously prefer 21. That's a pretty key number, but I, I think there is a chance that we see this game come out low scoring early. Because the two teams want to run the football, maybe there's some struggles running the football, and you see them get a little more aggressive in, in the second half. Now, that's, I mean, you know, that's just sort of how I think it will play out. Uh, it would be surprising to me if Sean, it wouldn't be shocking to me if Sean Payton had cooked up some sort of aggressive stuff early on. I don't think Pete Carroll and, and, the, and the Seahawks will do that because they understand they're playing against a better defense, the top tier defense. Yeah. They have, their backup quarterback in there, their running game is banged up, and it's just the sort of game where I think Pete Carroll will want to shorten, shorten the, shorten the game, run the ball, be conservative and punt. You know, just try to, try to just. I mean, sort of, sort of Patriots and pull, put a Patriots game plan together where you you scrap and claw and you know you know you're. you're you know, you're in the corner just punching each other and you hope to sort of figure out a way to put some scores together. Yeah, or or this is the other thing that I'm thinking about with this game. Unleash Gino? <laughs> I don't know if you're going to unleash Gino, but to me, I, I do wonder if you're Seattle where you know that you're the, I guess you could say the inferior team, even though it's, you know, it's not like it's a crazy swing. It's only four points, you know, so it's not like it's this massive, you know, yeah. David versus Goliath thing. But if you know that you're limited offensively with Geno Smith, I do wonder if you come out a little bit more aggressive early to try to get a lead. And then you can start to revert back to being a little bit more conservative, try to control the game your way. So that would be something that I may kind of trend away from getting that first half under, just because I do wonder if both of these teams try to, get out to somewhat of a lead and then play with it in the second half. And, and look, this is, I mean, I don't want to say that a week seven game with two back, or James is not a backup quarterback, but you know, I, I don't want to call this a must win game or anything. Cause that seems kind of silly in week seven, but the saints are coming off their bye. They're three and two. They are right in the thick of things in the NFC playoff, but you know, you have the Cardinals and the Rams with good records. The Packers, the Cardinals, Rams, Packers, Bucks, and Cowboys. That's five teams that are very likely going to the the NFC playoffs, right? I mean, they, you know, teams with one loss or less. Yep. Uh, and so you're going to have these two spots, these two wild card spots. And, and I mean, New Orleans can still catch Tampa, just unlikely. Sorry, I had to cough. Unlikely. And so the two spots are going to come down to the Falcons at three and three are technically in the mix. The Vikings three and three, I, I guess we'll include the bears at three and four Seahawks at two and four. I mean, this is, these two teams are sort of competing with each other for one of those potential spots. And for the Seahawks, this game at home on Monday night, you have the Jaguars next week. You know, if you can find a way to steal a win with Geno Smith and you're getting Russell Wilson back in a couple of weeks, you believe that, 
I mean, th- this game matters a lot to both teams, I feel like. Well, that's kind of what I was going to point to when you when you bring up Russell Wilson, but also for the Saints, too. This is a game that you can start to kind of, you know, have these tiebreakers in hand. I know we, we talk a, a little bit about this with Kansas City now, that they're starting to struggle. Like, you're losing these pivotal tiebreakers against teams like Tennessee and, and down the line. So, to me, this is another one, another team, another game where, hey, I know it's week seven, Monday Night Football, it really shouldn't mean much, but when we start to get towards week 15, week 17, the new week 18, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, you remember that that Monday Night Football win when Russell Wilson was out? Yeah, now the Seahawks need to win, and this team needs to lose, and this, that, and the other. It does make a difference with both of these teams. You know, they're bound to get healthier. I mean, we've talked a little bit about the Saints. They're getting guys back off of uh, Russell Wilson. It's going to come back at some point. Michael Thomas is going to yep. come back for the Saints at some point. It's not going to be this game, maybe in the next couple of weeks, reportedly. So they're going to get better. And if you can start to stack up these wins now, Correct. it just helps you so much more when we start to kind of get that legitimate playoff picture in the next couple of months. Agreed completely. And so if I'm making, I like to see, look, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that my picks have been good. So, I mean, if I if I were somebody out there trying to bet on this game and you saw that I like the Seahawks, I'm taking the Saints. I mean, you know, like, I mean, my picks have been dog crap the last it's okay. Two Sometimes it's better just to ride the fade, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. I mean, I like I put in my action profile, it's like I get real hot or real cold. So, you know, Taylor fade occasionally. Um, and I'm, I'm ice cold right now. I'm in a slump. It's cool. Um, I, I you know, I, I like the home team getting the points here. In a in a in the same way, it just I feel like the Seahawks will find a way to keep this close. And we've seen you know, we, we've seen it even if it's Gino, you know, it's Gino versus the 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 friggin' Steelers. Primetime game, Seahawks at home. Weird stuff is gonna happen. It's Gino and Jameis. This is not gonna be a normal game. There's gonna be bizarre occurrences in this game. And you know, I think there's probably a like, a, can we bet on that there's overtime? Because I feel like that's a good bet. <laughs> like, that this game somehow finds a way to go uh, to to over. Actually, we can probably bet that. I probably. I was gonna say we probably could say like, I bet you there is a overtime. overtime yes, it's nine to one. There oh, wow, this is my long shot. Let's. <laughs> look at All right. Well, uh, actually, you know what? We'll give out some. Pro- I'm taking the Seahawks. You like the Saints? Yep. We both agree that the under is too low for me to take it. I think. I, I, Sorry, yeah, I so see. it's starting to fall. Like I think overnight it went from forty-two. I actually think entering Sunday it might have been forty-three, but it, was, it might have. But well, now, we saw, now we're looking at forty-one. Both the Turtles for the for the San Fran Indy game went from forty-five or forty-four down to forty-one. Yeah, and then this one has dropped a couple of points as well. So I mean, it's it's it, getting it's, too it's getting too low. Where you're, yeah. you're you're yes, it makes sense when it was sitting at forty three. And if you get it early, congratulations, that's great. But now when we're starting to flirt with the you know high thirties, you're like, okay, you know it, that might just be a stay away. So trends under, but I don't know if I'd touch it. Yeah, and we saw forty eight total points in the 49ers Colts game, but that required you know a what did we get? We got uh, we had a missed two point conversion i'm just trying we got six nine plus seven we got 16 points in the fourth quarter in that game to push it over it looked like the under was a pretty good look until late and and that the final touchdown was a fairly unnecessary carson wins deep shot to michael Pittman. uh that that probably you know flipped it flipped it pushed the game over uh the colts were going to cover anyway um but you know, probably I'm sure they hit their team total before that, but you know, flip, flip DFS and all that props, everything. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it, it weird stuff can happen in this game. I would, I, I will, we'll, we'll do some player props, but 
I would for the total. If I was betting the total, I would want to wait and see what the sort of if you can bet it. I'd rather bet it live than bet it pregame because I think you can wait and see how the weather is affecting it. You know, what, what's you, you know you can get a sense of the flow of the game and, and how that weather will affect it because we did see like uh, as soon as my buddy bet that under last night there was immediately a fumble and Indy had a third you know the ball in the 49ers 30. Yeah and and to, and the other thing to point to like I mean you know we, I I see I, I you know the northeast around here all the time the weather's crazy and they'll say oh you know it's going to be a downpour it's crazy and then you go outside and you're like wait a minute what and they go yep actually the breeze brushed it into the ocean and you're yeah. all set I don't know could all of a sudden we get close to kickoff and the sky's beautiful and they're like oh yeah it just kind of washed into the ocean we're it's into the pacific now don't worry about it it kind of went a tick over to the side we didn't expect well, the second half last night the second half last night it um it the rain kind of cleared out i mean it was still it was still nasty but it was you know it wouldn't it wasn't quite as bad all right let's uh let's take a quick break when we come back we'll do some player props Y'all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So these player props, I thought, looked pretty tough. Uh, I wrote down, do we, do we, uh, I lost my, I think I lost my sheet where I wrote down. Ah, there we go. Nice. Oh, no. I I, I mean, I lost my sheet where I wrote down what we did last week because I wanted to come circle back and see if we did uh, okay on props. No, we didn't. We did terrible. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, just looking back, it was like, uh, oh, go to Broncos, wait, Broncos Browns. I had um, Bill's Titans, I think, for Monday night. Click on that. Let's just see if we did. Oh, Gordon stunk. Uh, Fanton and Sutton got there. Gordon was terrible. I'm sorry. Bridgewater got that over as well. Broncos plus three and a half didn't work. That no, was, it didn't. No. Wait, wait, did wait? No, it did wait, cover. No, that cover, that cover. That yeah, cover. Yeah. yeah, we're okay. Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah but it was, it was, it's, yeah, it was, it was a. Uh, um, that's right. Uh, and uh, yeah, all right, we did okay on these. Yeah. All right, no, so back to Saints and Seahawks right. for tonight. Man, Debo, get out! You get lost, Debo. We got we new. We got a new <laughs> sheriff in town. Keep Debo can't even keep records of the old props. Um, I'm just kidding. So. I made a bunch of notes and sent them in. Uh, I'll let you start first. Oh, we both agree. Jameis uh, under pass attempts. I don't know why I wrote 29 and a half. It's 26 and a half, I think, right? 
I think it's 26. Again, like a lot of this stuff has changed. I'll get into it a little bit when we talk a little bit about Alex Collins, but because his number completely is shifted overnight, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, it's things, you, things you, said, you said these in on Sunday. Right. right. So I do a written piece for the website. So a lot of these are from, you know, I just look at my, my post and I just go, yep, these are the ones I like. Yeah. I do, I do make, you know, as long as there's nothing crazy that's changed, I'll, I'll just leave it. Yeah. But and, and to, the, to the point about the Alex Collins thing, again, he's, you know, we don't really have, we don't have, uh, we have rushing yards available for Alex Collins on yeah. William Hill. We do not have rushing attempts available as of right now, I don't believe. And there's nothing for Rashad Penny on there. And there probably won't be until he's officially activated because, you know, these the sports books aren't going to post prop uh, player props for guys who are on IR and then get torched when they're not activated at 430. You know, they're just going to play it safe. But, right. um, so Jameis's uh, pass attempts has – I assume these have all come – oh, oh my goodness, it's down to 25 and a half now. Okay. All right. And so, Gino Smith is at 30 and a half. So I'll tell you with Winston, he's only gone over this number once in his in his, in this so far this season. And I believe it was going into the bye. So, you know, maybe there's something to be said for self-scouting and they're like, well, actually, let's make Jameis throw it a ton. But yeah. overall, we haven't seen that from him in this offense so far. And that isn't even uh, a, a, you know, a, a, a factor of, you know, Taysom Hill coming in and, and playing a bunch of snaps. If you look at his snap counts, they're all in the high 90s. It's not like it's, you know, he's taking away and they're doing some some split reps, and that's why the number is going down. That They just don't use him in that way. They use the running game they, a little bit no, more. They don't trust him. <laughs> Sean yeah. doesn't trust Jameis Winston to be a high-volume <laughs> passer. So, I mean, that's basically it. So, to me, you know, again, it hasn't gone over this. It's a game where I think weather is going to be a factor. I think they're going to use Alvin Kamara a little bit more. We saw last time that they were here going into the bye. He was much more used in the passing game and, and, and in, you know, on the run, in the running game. To me, I think this could be more of an Alvin Kamara game than some sort of Jameis Winston, uh, Geno Smith duel. I, I agree with you. If you look at, again, look at Jameis's game logs. 20, 22, 21, 23, these are pass attempts, and then 30. He attempted 30 pass attempts against Washington, the worst pass defense in football by a wide margin. That is a, to, in my opinion, that is a game plan specific approach to taking on the Washington football team. Um, they tar He targeted Alvin Kamara the most he has all season. I believe eight targets, five catches. So they're, you know, Let's, these are these are not um, you know he, he did throw the ball a little bit down the field but in a perfect world Sean Payton does not want this to turn into a track meet where Jameis Winston is slinging the ball all over the place really soaking wet football in weird conditions in a in a in a loud what will be a loud I assume a loud Seahawks Stadium because you know the fans will be there and, and it's prime time and it's you know the 12th man all of that even with Gina playing I would I I agree completely I think. I mean, 25 and a half is pretty low. I would probably still take it because it's plus money on Caesars. Um, I, I just don't think you're going to see. They don't want James Winston to take, throw the ball a bunch. It's just dangerous. And the other thing, too, is that this is like you're saying, this is supposed to be or at least, you know, how I think how we both see it, because we're, we're trending towards the under. It's going to be a low scoring game. This is going to be something where defense is more in, involved than the offenses, where it's going to just be, you know, stop three and outs, probably a ton of, you know, sloppy play in the rain. So to me, I, I don't see them. Jameis Winston, who's already kind of historically been a turnover machine. I, like you're saying, I don't think Sean Payton's going to go, you know what, in a 
bomb cyclone, whatever, monsoon, right. that they're going to say, hey, drop back 30 times this week. You're going to go for it. Just, I just don't see it. It's a low number for pass attempts. Yeah. 25 sure. and a half. It's, it's low. But I just, Sean Payton cannot risk 30 pass attempts from Jameis Winston in this game because, I mean, each one, I mean, Look, each one you're putting your you're putting your own life in your hands and you can just James Winston the ball. Um, you've got Geno Smith over completions. Talk me uh, through that. So to me, this one makes a little bit more sense. Again, it it, it might sound weird if I'm going like under Winston and over uh, Smith with these, but if you just look at what Geno Smith's done over the past two games, one filling in for Russell Wilson and one you know starting in place of him in Pittsburgh, not coming in under us, starting that full game. He completed over 70% of his passes against Pittsburgh. He had, um, well, let me see if I have it right here. He had um, uh, 23 completions against Pittsburgh. The Saints are allowing 24.8 completions per game. I, I, you know, that's something that we see, obviously, great defense, but in, in, the, in the completion percentage isn't particularly that high or, or the yards per attempt aren't particularly that high. But they do surrender a decent amount of completions to a quarterback. It's just they're not getting burned by a crazy amount. And so to me, you saw it last week. He's completing over 23, you know, 23 uh, passes in a game. And even when he came in under duress for Russell Wilson, he completed 10 of 17 and like 30, you know, high 30% of the offensive snaps. It wasn't, you know, it's not like he saw a ton of playing time right when Russell Wilson got hurt. And they were throwing. It was a little bit different of a game script. But to me, I do think that they throw a little bit more with Geno Smith, especially if you're looking at a limited Alex Collins, if you're looking at, you know, DJ Dallas and Penny as your, as your running backs out of the backfield. That might be how they kind of get that running game going if Collins isn't 100%. I uh, want to note this from uh, – I always reference Pat Thorman of Establish the Run. Highly recommend EstablishTheRun.com. Uh, the guy Levitan and, and, and Silva do a great job over there. It's subscription DFS-based, you know, betting DFS stuff, uh, tons of good football information. But uh, specifically, Thorman, last week after the Washington game, wrote in his uh, Pace and Snaps article, Saints headed their buy off a 55 total point. Uh, New Orleans operated a far quicker situation-neutral pace against the football team, the fastest of week five, by the way, than they had prior, fifth slowest. But they actually chucked it around. Heading into Sunday afternoon, Sean Payton had trusted Jameis Winston to throw at a league-low 46% clip during neutral situations. That rate shot up to 65% in Week 5. And then he goes on to point out that very possible – so this is the thing on that pass attempts. Either one, what we saw in Week 5 was the Saints changing their mind about how they're going to operate offense with Jameis Winston, or it was situation-based – and they will go back to running a very slow, very methodical offense in bad weather on the road. I'm, I'm willing to bet on, on the latter, and that's why we like the under there. The over for Geno, I think, works in terms of completions because, man, I'll tell you what. Do you know, I looked it up, and I, I read it in my, in my notes, I think, but um, he averaged against the, against the Steelers 3.3 intended air yards per pass attempt. That is insanely low it's unbelievably low now the, the one thing about these you know these those, those sort of air yards right is that you know or that those sort of those sort of passes is they're inherently a little more uh uh what is the obvious word i'm looking for um likely to succeed um i don't know what word i'm trying to say but you know what i'm saying like like uh higher percentage there are higher percentage throws because they're 3.3 yards on average a bunch of these dudes for the Seahawks receiving, Alex Collins had one one target, one catch, negative three yards. 
Um, we saw uh, Gerald Everett, three targets, two catches, 40 yards, but his long catch was 41 yards, right? When you start seeing these long catches and then the t- they basically match up with the total, they're they're throwing short stuff. They're not going to let Geno uh, spread the field. They're definitely not going to let Geno stretch the field against a good defense. I like that, even though I, I do firmly believe we'll see them try to run the ball a bunch. It's it's also very likely that they are unable to run the ball against the Saints and therefore are forced to use Geno in this short passing game. And that's the pathway where he gets over. Uh, and, and of course, you can also get there if they're trailing. Four-point dogs at home, it seems likely that they will uh, be forced to um, throw. And, and and that's why I, I put Lockett in there. Uh, Tyler Lockett, he had seven targets, two catches, 35 yards against the Steelers. If he gets seven targets again, I would expect that he can get to four catches if Gino's a little more accurate or they use Lockett maybe in the screen game a little bit more. Uh, so I, I like Lockett over receptions, uh, three and a half. I, I think that Gino Smith is a good look too. And then we both have some Kamara props. Yeah, so for Kamara to me, the receiving yards, it's 31 and a half minus 115. That just seems a little bit low for a guy that I think that they should get the, you know, the ball in his hands no matter how they can do it. And, and so last week, like you're saying, like obviously it might be a little, or you know, two weeks ago when they were going before they were going into their bye New Orleans. Maybe the game script was just going after Washington. It's a, it's just a you know it's a matchup based attack. But to me, I do think there's something to be said for hey, listen, we we targeted Alvin Kamara eight times in that game and it worked out pretty well. Maybe we should continue to do that for one of the best overall running backs in the entire NFL. So as much as you can say, yep. We just want to attack Washington this way. There is also some self-scouting that can go on and go, you know what, we do need to put this the ball in this guy's hands, not just as a pure running back, but also in the passing game as well. He's only done this in that game. He's only gone over this number in that game. But to me, I think that you know maybe you look at it and say, hey, listen, let's not try to force it down the field. It's going to be a crazy cyclone game, whatever. Let's start like very similar to Geno Smith. Let's try to maybe attack this short intermediate with Alvin Kamara out of the backfield more than anything. Yeah, Kamara's first three games, his first game, Jameis hit him on a little swing pass when they were beating the snot out of the Packers, and it felt like, all right, cool. You know, like I had a Jameis Kamara stack in, in fantasy. I was like, yeah, this is, this is I'm going to be winning so much. I'm winning every league this year, and it turns out that not not quite as great just because the volume hasn't been there. Uh, but three, t- four targets, six targets, four targets, the first three games, didn't go over 30 receiving yards. And then in week four against the Giants, zero targets. First that, time in his that's career. That's scared me. That's what scared me. I'm like, ooh, that's. I hope that we don't go back to that. Yeah, they gave him. It, it was a. It's an outlier game, I think. Though, and this goes into sort of my. You see my prop there, Kamara under 22 and a half rush attempts. He got 20 carries in week one, 24 in week three, 26 in week four. Last week against Washington, they dialed it back to 16. I I agree with you. It, it's more likely, and this is you know you're kind of doing walking a fine line with that under on pass attempts, of course, but. It's, probably more likely that they use Kamara as a in the short passing again bad we think it's gonna be bad weather we know that Jameis Winston is a turnover machine even in his new life in in New Orleans it would behoove them to get you know get Kamara out there and match up and get him out there in space in short yard stuff where Jameis can hit him and and you're not risking possible turnovers so I, I would expect that they maybe run Kamara a little bit less, use him in the passing game as an extension of the run game, so to speak. And we've seen in the past, you know, they don't love to give Kamara 20 plus carries. It would be, it would be surprising to me if he was above 
25 carries again in this game, unless Seattle was just unable to stop the run. The Saints had a big lead and they just decided to feed him. I like the under on the rush attempts. And I think we both agree it'll skew maybe a little bit more to the passing game um, in this spot. The other one that I had, you have Alex Collins rushing yards over 46 and a half. I need to, I, I need, you need to see an injury report for this, of course. Well, well this is the thing that I, I referenced earlier about Alex Collins. Like I was saying, the, the post that I wrote last night when I was doing my research on this game was 41 and a half. That's where I had it written down and it was, you know, and then all of a sudden I wake up this morning and I'm looking at just to make sure we're all good. It's gone up five yards. So is there something, does, does Caesars know something that we don't in terms of Collins playing tonight? And is this number going to It was 41 and a half? 41 and a half last night and it's bumped up five yards overnight. So I don't know, who knows something. But, you know, that one to me, you know, yeah, I liked it a lot better when it was 41 and a half because you can have the most inefficient night. If they're going to give you 20 carries and you're right. healthy, then, you know, by all means, let's let's see what we can do. But now, you know, again, 46, you're starting to flirt with 50 against a really good run defense. Yeah, no, there's some caution there. But I did find it interesting that that thing had shot up pretty dramatically overnight. The yards per carry. In the NFL, lowest yards per carry allowed in rush defense. The New Orleans Saints, 3.3 yards per carry. You can't just plot projections like this uh, in here. But, you know, I do believe we can look at that game against the Steelers. And the Steelers, by the way, just you know, so while we're looking at it, the Steelers give up a more robust uh, 4.3 yards per carry. Alex Collins was given the ball. Let me see, you get 20 carries? Yeah. If he if he's healthy and he plays, and even if Rashad Penny plays, I would expect that he gets somewhere in the range of eighteen to twenty three carries in this particular game, and that Pete Carroll will not shy away from just smashing Penny and Collins into a brick wall because again, bad weather. Geno Smith. So let's let's project. What do you want? To, what do you want to project him for? Twenty carries. I'm just thinking from you know do the math. Let's say he averages three point five per carry or even three per carry. You know. Yeah, if he averages yeah. three per carry, which is miserable, and gets twenty carries, that's sixty yards. That's kind of what that's kind of what I'm looking yeah. at in terms of why it's so low. It, you know, especially when it was at forty one. I'm like, okay, come on yeah. now. Even you know, if he's not playing, then you know if he's not playing. You obviously, do, you know, you don't bet it. But you're talking about you know they're projecting to have an extremely inefficient night. So really, what you're banking on is Pete Carroll, like you're saying, just hammering the football which is something that Pete Carroll has been prone to do just letting the running game do its thing so you know to me that one that's why I like it just because even if he has the most inefficient night as long as he gets the carries he should be able to flirt with this number yeah and and never ever 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 as it's only said this never ever ever bet an overprop for someone who's questionable in an injury report yeah until until you know they're going to play usually those things are canceled but just don't don't bet an over on somebody who's on the injury report until the inactives come out. It, you know, even you know, you lose the five yards or whatever. But if Penny, you know, if Penny comes back and Penny's fully healthy, and we hear you know report that the Seahawks are going to limit Alex Collins' snaps tonight, you know, they all of a sudden under forty six and a half uh, looks great. I, I would be very intrigued at the rush attempts. I don't think they even have they don't have Collins up there. I'm sure they're not up. Yeah, yeah. We um we don't we don't know what that is, but. Again, I anticipate a lot of rushing attempts from the Seahawks tonight, even if they're low, low efficiency uh, carries. Okay, any uh, oh, first touchdown, man. Sorry, this podcast will be long as crap. Um, but you know, sorry, we're just hanging out and talking. Yeah, we're just chilling, man. Yeah. Um, 
first touchdown, I, I think I noted in my in my in my pre-show notes that the, these these numbers are uh, pretty miserable in terms of what is available on the market. I, I don't know if this is a byproduct of I don't I don't know what the deal is. I think it's I think it's people have just been hitting first touchdown like winning first touchdown props, and okay. the sports books are starting to really just tighten them up. I mean, Alvin Kamara is an obscene plus two seventy five first touchdown, and yeah, I mean I don't even. Like, that should be five to one, but I, I understand why it's so low because if he was five to one or higher, I would say to bet it just because of yeah. you look at the, the, the skill level of these various players. Rashad Penny has two carries this year, Sully. He's eight to one. What, what are we doing here? <laughs> he's on IR currently. We think he's probably going to play. And I believe that the sort of the things that he said about this game leading up to it indicates that he'll play, but eight to one, come on. That's, I mean, you know, you're talking about DK Metcalf having a, a better odds, and we're talking about yeah. someone who's a legitimate red zone threat, deep threat on a bomb. Like, that's why I look that it's just, I look at DK Metcalf out of the Seahawks players. To me, that's probably someone, if I had to bet it, that's where I would go towards just because yes. he's such a presence in the red zone. He's able to rip off that 50 yard touchdown. So to me, that's where I look at. But to me, Jameis Winston, you know, 1500, you know, that, that probably is one that makes sense too. I, I don't yeah, love them, but I, it's fine. I don't think I love am I, unless I'm missing. So I don't feel like this James. Does he, I don't feel like he scrambles at all. It's I mean he ran. Maybe he, he does he's it, run a little bit. Okay, all right. Maybe I'm. Yeah, you're right. Six, six last time has one rushing TD against Carolina in that blowout loss. Um, six carries. Yeah. It's so weird that in week four against the Giants, he had zero. Scrambles and Kamara had zero receptions. What a weird outlier. The Saints, no, the Saints are hard to figure out, man. Yeah. Um, I if I'm betting first touchdowns here, I don't really see any value in the Saints because Kamara is so low. Most like the first most likely score. Kenny Stills. I yeah, I lied. I'm I'm, I'm going to bet somebody. I, you know, it's like I as, as you can, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. I said I refuse to bet these terrible numbers. I guess Geno Smith has a little bit of rushing equity at 20 to one, same sort of thing with Jameis. I would probably look towards these secondary or you know, really tertiary uh, players in Gerald Everett, 22 to one, Will Disley, 30 to one. And the other one I liked was maybe Freddie Swain at 23 to one. Basically the operating assumption is the Seahawks get down into the red zone first home game. You know, they get a stop or they, they get the ball first and they move the ball. They get down there. They're not going to let, you know, Gino of, you know, they're not going to be able to run straight into the Saints because the Saints are a good rush defense team. And so they're forced to have bootleg Gino and I, you know, give him a tight end leaking out or something like that. They'll have some of these, they'll have some of these easy look red zone plays set up for Gino if they get down there, I think, to minimize the number of reads he's got to make and, and, and you know, try to avoid a turnover. So uh, I, I would probably look these like lower end Seattle skill guys. Cause they'd like to use those guys near the red zone. If, if I was betting somebody and Disley got a touchdown last week, am I, am I wrong? Or is, I believe that is correct. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. Is there something there, you know, you could say, Hey, it's national national tight end week, whatever it was. So oh, yeah, no, yeah, national tight end day. That's right. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, if got a one yard pass from Gino. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we saw Alex Collins, you know, the, 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 the danger is if you get, you know, if the Seahawks get down to the, the one yard line or something, you know, they're going to try to run the ball three times <laughs> or, or at least twice. If it doesn't work, they're going to, they, they'll, they'll roll them out. Um, was there a no touchdown scored bet? Cause I'm, I'm obviously all about it. Uh, let's see if we got a, 
You know, we've, we've, this podcast is going long enough. We're, we're going to do DFS too. So uh, that's it. That's the show. If you're listening, that's the audio show. It's a sloppy game. Should be fun. Gino Jameis promised for uh, insanity in Seattle on Monday night. If you want DFS information or a breakdown of the slate, we'll be doing so on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Thanks for listening. See you guys later.